I still think this part's going to get cut. In the I episode. agree. Yeah, I agree. That's you, okay. You need to be more open to what can be an episode. I don't know. I mean... Full transparency. Radical transparency. Radical. What's that from? It's from... Um, so that's like Bridgewater Associates, their uh, CEO or whatever. He um, preaches radical transparency. And basically, it's like they're all just kind of assholes to each other. Like you rate your your so it's coworkers. Just autism. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like just no social. Say problem. exactly what you're thinking, like no filter. I mean, yeah. that's why I'm never gonna be a good comedian because like you look like that was that was Patrice what? O'Neill's whole thing. He was like, that guy just spoke the truth. People talk about Patrice like he was the second coming. Like he just spoke the truth. You listen to him like, yeah, these are a lot of honest thoughts that I have that I would never say. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, I'm like, there's some like you know, being a coward's not so bad. I'm a coward. I'm always... I'm not, I'm not I a coward also, as much as like, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Yeah, that's very different than being a coward. That's called being a, a kind person. Yeah, there's no room for that in the world of comedy. I, I disagree. I, I think that like you guys... I mean, we were talking, like, everyone's always like, so... I don't know. I guess I haven't seen that many really upfront, like, disputes between folks. Except for sometimes in some of these, like, Facebook groups... I love those. Oh God, it's oh, so fun! Oh, it's my favorite. It's thing. so watching, watch so good watching two shitty oh open micers trash talk each other down. At it. It's like, like yeah, neither of you have anything to lose, so this can only help you. So I've literally saved some, like like made it give me notifications when they've posted more these epic fights on like. I bombed has some pretty solid ones on occasional love occasion, it. and then I follow Houston couple, Comics does. Oh. I need to join that one. Oh, it's great. And so since I've been traveling, I've joined a lot of Facebook groups for, for various uh, areas of the country. And it's, I love it. It's so great. And it's it's never better people. than TV. It's so entertaining. It's never people. I'm sure there's equivalent to this for like people. It's not just a comedy thing, but I love watching people who are like, here's what everyone's doing wrong these days. Man, I'm like, okay, guy who never made it. Right. And let's hear. Just, and let's hear like, what's wrong with comedy today. And it's Ooh. less so about like the, like their personal how far they are it's just more the confidence that they take into it they're like uh, <laughs> why, why are comics <laughs> but also i'll i feel like if you met them in person they wouldn't be like that you know you know bugs me has been uh, reading this book on power and uh-huh. that kind of like shit stirring that i so avoid like i don't want to start fights with anyone in comedy because you never know when someone comes around but like there is definitely a payoff to creating controversy for absolutely yourself. What is it? It's like the age old, like, uh, there's no such no thing as bad, bad press. press. Yeah, it's sadly too true. You said that recently. I put, I, I did some jokes that I thought were going to make it on TV. I was like, these might get me in trouble. And you said, I don't think trouble's a bad thing for you right now. You know, I mean, so obviously people, to a degree. You know To what I mean? a degree, but. Well, now that you've said that, you're fucked. Someone's going to drag it. I have so oh, many skeletons. But, so much shit I've said I on podcasts. Um, oh, Yeah. Even an old stand-up. Someone has a clip of me doing stand-up What's, from a right, year what? into comedy where I'm like making fun of anorexic girls. Like, horrible. What's the worst thing you've said? Why would I repeat that? I don't know. It was a test. I was testing you. Yeah. What's the second worst thing you've ever said? The N-word. Oh. <laughs> the N-word. The second one. What if that was the <laughs> second one? We're like, well, now i got to know number oh, one. Oh, wow. The N-word. Um, why is that such a funny phrase? I don't know. It's Somewhere so along funny. the line, we've found a way to start this episode. But controversy, I mean, that, that, that's a subject I think... Controversy. I don't like it when good it's... Good or bad? 
Because I mean, the thing is, okay, so this is the thing. You see a lot of, again, we talked about social media last time, and Twitter in specific, people get so riled up there. Mm-hmm. But the reality is it's a pretty small amount of folks. And for most of the country, or world, we'll go ahead and say that, just the fact that there's an article on you has now brought you into their awareness. Yeah, they have to share your clip to dissect it. Right. I mean, and then there's going to be like one person out of every, you know, let's let's even be conservative. One out of every five is like, eh, he's not, I mean, he's pretty funny though. Good right? example is, is Dina and uh, Shane. Dina Hashem had a, a clip that went online that was just a joke about Tentacion. That was a good joke and then... She was. She's always been a good writer. She's always been a good comedian, and, and she saw a massive uh, growth in followers I'm sure. and popularity online. It, it's it's almost as if that clip that she got in trouble for was what made her popular. And then Shane, Shane was on his way. Like he had some great content online, great stand up, yeah. great podcast. I mean, he was, that, you know, Shane's the guy who passed, said the but... Asian ra- Asian racial slur. And the the crazy part about all of it is this. He's a he's a good comic. He's a very like. You have to be. Not, I, mean, I guess he wouldn't have say, gotten to he's that, a, Yeah, exactly. He wouldn't have gotten to that he's like, really position funny. if he wasn't a good comic, yeah. right? No one can. That really clip wasn't that. funny. <laughs> the clip of him no, with the bad guys wasn't funny, but he's funny. So it's cool to see him have all this popularity of like a thing that I was like, oh no, that would be the end of me. Of like, it's kind of the start of him. I mean, it's definitely in his narrative, and that's tough because he has to yeah. handle that accordingly. And I'm sure it will cost him some opportunities. But it would be interesting, and I'm very grateful that I haven't had this opportunity, but to see the actual longer-term impact on his career, because I'm going to be perfectly be honest, I wouldn't I wouldn't have nearly this awareness of Shane. You wouldn't know who he is. You wouldn't know who he is. He would have probably just like, not. I probably mentioned him. I came home from a show. I was like, oh, there's this really funny guy. I'm sure you forgot his name that next I, day. Exactly. But now yeah. I like now I know him. You think and if I Tosh? saw him on a lineup, I'd be like, yo. Yeah. I'm going to watch. going to watch. I'm going to watch. <laughs> remember, remember, I mean... What were you doing when the Tosh stuff happened? That was so interesting. Did you were you a fan of Tosh when the when the, the rape stuff with Tosh happened? Whatever, like six years ago. I was swimming. The then, rape stuff. The so rape joke. What? Which one was the rape joke? I also. This was like, Laugh Factory. So he went to the Laugh Factory, and some woman reported that he was making rape jokes, and then said, "I hope she gets raped." That was that was. Not I vaguely exactly what remember happened. that, but you have to remember, six years ago, I was like a fan of all this stuff, but I wasn't. Like, you know, yeah. actively watching as much of the comedy news. No, it doesn't big. make it out as much as you think. No, you're right. We think if, it's... You think it's like the only narrative and it's not. Have you it's seen... really not. Have it's you important seen... to keep that perspective. Saving Silverman? I have not. There's a scene and it's Jack Black's character uh, talking to this girl. They're like, oh yeah, we actually went to high school together. She's like, oh, that's, I don't remember you. Like, yeah, I was the guy who wore body paint. A body paint tuxedo to prom. <laughs> she goes, I don't remember. Goes, yeah, I spilled a drink all over my, my, my junk and then everyone could see it and I ran out embarrassed. She was like, I don't remember that. <laughs> <I> don't remember. <laughs> the most embarrassing moment of your life is not even the most memorable part of someone else's day. Yeah. That's because we're also like centered on our on ourselves as collective groups yeah. and individuals. And that's what makes the world go round. Yeah. But uh, I don't want to I mean, I was like, who... six years ago, I was like, well, everybody knows who's the top 200 breaststroker and women swimming in the U.S., right? <laughs> hey, common knowledge. Common knowledge. Long course and short Long course. Long course and short course, well, of course. You know, NCAA championships are coming. Of course, everyone's, you know, yeah, keeping track. That's why comics yeah. think it's such a big deal, the JFL. I'm like, nope. 
Like, I still have to explain it's, what JFL is to yeah. non-comedians. Unless you've watched a shit ton of crashing. Right, it is weird. Yeah. Comedy has the, 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 the processes of comedy are, are more well-known. I mean, fucking, we're doing a podcast. It's basically like a how to get started. I know, and it's been so cute because a lot of my friends who aren't comics have been, like, excited about it yeah. still. Com- and I'm I, like, I can totally understand if you don't want to listen anymore. <laughs> really get it. Yeah. <laughs> and they're Getting like, no, deep. I like hearing, like, the, I'm like, okay. It's interesting. I mean, it's interesting to learn about any other industry. Mm-hmm. Industry. Yeah. So weird to... Well, think, but like, think about controversy in swimming. That, does that oh. help you? I can think oh, of, you're no, lofty. Well, swimming is different because swimming is very black black and white. Like You, you don't touch... get to defend yourself. You get to write a joke defending yourself in comedy, which is so well, cool. Well, comedy is like you can just do something versus like, yo, I'm going to show you. I'm going to drop .12 at the next race. Yeah, yeah. In your face, you know? Yeah. So that's really limited in your like clapbacks there's there's some and with social media there's been a a like you're able to do more in terms of having responses and stuff like that and trauma and like narratives around swimming um but at the end of the day like you can't even see their face while they're doing this big thing you know what i mean it's really tough to have like a full-blown character when i mean you've seen these the racing suits like i like so androgynous (laughs) yes (laughs) I remember yeah. watching the 08 Olympics at my friend oh, and the, Taylor's and place, the and we were sitting with the we were sitting with Taylor's dad, and he was like, "Why would a man wear one of those suits? It was like the shoulder to the ankle yeah. ones." And it was like because they're super fast. He was like, just feminine looking. I'm like, "You've never what? Like you think they care about? Yeah, they wear a bikini if it was the fastest suit allowed." And also crazy to think that those are feminine looking yeah, the, because those, they're not exactly feminine because like, the women barely look like women when they no, wear no you, you look like um some weird space invader yeah for sure and then you have not just one swim cap on but multiple so that your head is the most penis shaped possible <laughs> to pierce the water the best it can be a bullet yeah literally uh, oh, there's another thing about controversy latex that bullet. i think everyone thinks that they get to like <laughs> drag out and shame i get it latex yeah, they get to drag to, out and shame it's... comedians for these things, but like a lot of time when you make those public mistakes, it makes you very vulnerable, and that's why people like comedians because yeah. they make mistakes like we do. They 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 have embarrassing moments that they share with us and make us feel less alone. So if you get publicly tired and feathered, if anything, it gives you more ammunition to make another special. You're helping them. Yeah. Like I've heard Louis's new special is really good because he. Addresses Did, it. He addresses it and probably brings up all those feelings of isolation he felt in the shame afterwards. Not saying he was the victim I mean, in all of this, but you, you certainly gave him no matter your thoughts, a lot of it's creative certainly interesting. juice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I mean, I'm, I want to know what he has to say. Yeah, you could be his biggest Either detractor <laughs> and still be like, but I'm gonna, I want to know. I want to know. I'm curious. So right, okay. So so far, we've defended Louis. We've defended Shane Gillis. You said the N word. (laughs) I've said in quotes the N word, not the N word, which is a Louis joke that we're stealing right now. Are we? Yeah. No, I mean it's vaguely Uh, that, but it's Louis uh, would make that joke. It's such a good. No, it's listen to it. All right. Yeah. Let's stop saying. Let's let's move off that topic. Let's move off that topic. Uh, Something I wanted to address last week that I didn't get to was you're talking about posting content online. I didn't mention one of the upsides from it. Uh, J.P. McDade is one of my, my best friends, one of my favorite comedians. Uh, he recently had his first uh, TV appearance on This Week now, at the Comedy the Cellar. Cellar. We should have him on. Yeah, he's writing for his show. We're going to get him on. But he but like, was a guy I saw years ago, and I remember I saw him at Creek and Cave. 
he did not have a good set. Um, not a bad one, just not particularly stand-up because the crowd sucked. And then met him, shook his hand, left, and uh, I wasn't really paying attention. I just heard him, you know, I didn't hear much of a reaction on the crowd. And I kept seeing him post jokes, uh, and they were always so good that I, I came to think of him as a consistent joke writer. And just because he put out this content so often made me, like, really a fan of him. And when I got a pilot for Comedy Central, I got to hire him just because I knew his writing style and I knew his output. And, and that's, uh, I think, I think when you put out a lot of good jokes and a lot of good content, other comics see that. And even if you don't get a big opportunity yourself, the comics who do are often a lot like me where they're pretty lazy and, and they don't, they don't have their shit together. So they have to pick their most organized, most prolific friends right. to, to help them make something. And, 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 uh, th there's a lot of people, I mean, I've hired people to help me write roast jokes and they, they gave us a stipend the last night of roast battle in season two. Because we only had like one day to write jokes for three different people, we might be oh, going yeah, against. I that. So I just hired people who I've seen doing lots of roast battles, writing lots of jokes online, and uh, I got it to give some money to friends. Day. That was wild. Um, and uh, I think having that content out there, showing the world that you're making stuff, is is very valuable in ways that you can't immediately quantify. But when it pays off, it pays off huge. Uh, Mike Lawrence has a great story about that. He was doing roast battles, uh, I think in New York or Mike something. Mike Lawrence is just. Oh, who's a brilliant writer. Just such and, a legend. And he's just such a great guy. Oh, so Mike He Lawrence, used to be a dick, apparently. No, and you know, one of the things now. that I like most about him, so he was one of the first, like, you know, when we first started dating, I met Mike Lawrence pretty early on to that process, and he was really nice to me. Yes. Which is... Oh, comics. Comics can be not nice to girlfriends, or... Oh, yeah. I guess boyfriends, too. By the way, if you want to, if you want to endear a comic to you... If you're trying to suck up to a, a, a comic and, and you, they're, not, they're not showing you much love and they're with their girlfriend or boyfriend, try being nice to their partner first. Not creepy. Not creepy. <laughs> Just ask them a couple questions, their name, what they do. And man, is that will endear you to both of them. Because so many times I've been in a place with you, everyone's talking to me, and I'm like, give my girlfriend some attention. No, and it's like, I mean, obviously they're excited to meet you, you know, and, and well-deserved and often, like, I, I totally get it. But when, when someone does go out of their way to, like, you know, include everybody in the conversation or be specifically kind to, I don't know, I, I just remember being really struck by Mike, like, so who was so aggressive, obviously. I think also, He's such like, a that mean guy comparison between the two, but then he was, like, so genuine. Yes. In person. This is the Mike Lawrence fan show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but Mike was, was doing a roast battle, and the, 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 the apocryphal story, what is it? Apocryphal? No, whatever it is the the story, mm -hmm. the legend is that he was doing a roast battle, and oh, Amy gosh. Schumer saw him. She goes, "That was good. Do you write all those jokes yourself?" He goes, "I do," and he ended up with a writer's job for Inside Amy Schumer just off of just seeing him tell one of her twelve jokes. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. Roast battles are great. I highly encourage people to do roast battles. How terrifying! That's um, my big break in comedy. Doing that roast was battles. your big break. You can say it was that? one of them. I've had a couple. That was that was one of the probably top five. How many five big monuments. breaks does it take? Ten. Oh shit. I would say pivotal moments. Should we go through them? We wanted to do big breaks on this episode. Go for it, Matt. I've had zero. Go ahead. You got yet? Yeah, no, none yet. I. That's. Fine. I mean. I my first. I guess getting getting past 
to do the comedy showcase, getting to do weekend guest spots there was pretty yeah. big for me. Wait, I'm sorry. Where was that? That was in Houston. That was in Houston. And that was like six to 12 months in because it was a less competitive scene. I was one of the few okay. people hanging out there. Oh, right. I he mean, put me up ever. I would drive, you know, 45 minutes out to this, this club that was pretty far from the city and hang out every weekend and he'd throw me up and by, by my first year in, I was doing 15 minute club spots on a, probably like two, three times a month. Did you have like real fifteen minutes? Not real, but I could get to it. I could get to the end with enough punchlines. I'm not proud of. I wouldn't do that material now. Um, I think my first big. God, break... I wish. I wish there was one video of that, just like for me to watch. Oh, there is. I could find it. But oh it's... my god! For my birthday, can I have that video? You'll or... think very little of me. I Matt, I've watched you bomb. It's fine. It's true. <laughs> it's fine. First, okay. First big break was Thanksgiving 2012. Oh, no, I had one Houston's Funniest Person. That was a big break that got me, like, in more clubs around Texas. But uh, Thanksgiving 2012, I had the option to do, like, a, a gig that would have paid $500 in nowhere, Texas. Or I could go hang out in Austin and potentially do a guest spot on Bob Biggerstaff's show at Cap City. And I asked Bob, and he said, yeah, you can come. I had to drive. I had to find a place to stay. And I got to do two five-minute spots. But they went well. And Shandy at... Uh, at uh, Cap City liked my set and I think about two months later she said hey you want to come do this showcase for Comedy Central oh yeah and was I that said, the yeah. one where you were staying in um, was it like North Austin like less than a mile from me I didn't no, know you no that wasn't then that wasn't then um, so I did the showcase and um, I think it wasn't until like April or March no no it must have been February that I got an email just saying, Matthew Broussard for Adam Levine's house party. It was the email. And they're like, hey, they want you to do this show for Comedy Central. At the time, I had no idea how crazy it was to book something like that that early on. With no agent, with nothing. Yeah. And uh, I got my first TV credit. And I, I, I did that. That got me a manager, got me an agent, got me a college agent. So that was a huge break. That is a huge yeah. break. And it's, the show's called awesome. Adam Devine's house party, by the way. They even had a typo. Yeah, Adam Levine is the lead singer of Maroon 6. Six? Five. Five. So many typos. Uh, <laughs> so that was my first big break. That's a, that's a really big break. It was a really big break. I, I just didn't understand it at the time. But You're like, this is how comedy goes. You know, you grind for eight months and then you, you get on MTV, was it? Comedy Central. Oh, Comedy Central. Sorry. Yeah. But you weren't I was I was a year and a half in when I showcased. So I was about two years. I was almost two okay. years in when I filmed it. I took vacation days. For my job Aww. to go film it. That's so cute. Yeah. Little PTO. Little PTO. And that's, um, I say all this, that's not, it's a very rare timeline and a very bad one. And I think a lot of the, the best comics I know, like, didn't catch those breaks. And had to, like, because when you're angry and you feel underexposed, you put out some great stuff. And you work harder than you could. It's a good motivator. It's a good motivator, so. Bitterness. Yeah. Bitterness is the. Don't expect that time. Most people like who started when I did are like now having those big first late night sets, you know, JFL. Yeah, the timeline's So more like six or six or so years? Yeah, I guess. Five I, to ten? Five Is it like five, five to, to ten? ten? But it's everything's getting faster I mean, now. Be, and be well, impatient, I mean, but. You have social media, yeah, and obviously like self-promotion is really good. But I mean, I was thinking about it. My timeline's obviously so messed up just because I'm under a year. So that's all like basically zero round down to mm -hmm. zero however the, i guess in i guess i'd be doubled in time by the time you like the this isn't making sense in my brain i'm like 
So you were a year and a half in when you got this. You were did a fifteen minute set, and that was good enough to get you at the least positive attention, yeah. right? And at this point, I'm like, okay, so I guess if I doubled the amount of time that I have been how many doing sets comedy, have you done? I mean, less than I've done a lot of mics. So it's the benefit, I guess, of New York is that I've gone up pretty, probably more than if I'd lived in any other city. I, was, I can. Yeah. yeah, I was doing I was probably going sets up more every than, night. Yeah, but I can do multiple if I wanted to like, get a mic. Or Are you, though? Do you think I've when had, you were eight months in, I probably had more accumulated stage time than you when I was at your point? No. Yes. You said that you were going like once a week at first. For the first two or three months, and then I was going every night, multiple if I could. I was doing every stage I could get on. At eight months? All right. By well, eight now, months, it's yeah. It's fucking on, Probably by Matthew. four uh, to six months. Me and you months. six I'd years ago. I'd love for you to it's start. It's on. <laughs> It's like you. It's Matthew, like when I they put the world record line. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, lose your job. It's like when they put the world record line in the pool, and you could see you can like chasing the phantom of the race. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and you're just She's like, is she gonna ghost. do it? Because it's probably within. Because I've been able to do like on the weekends and stuff. Mm-hmm. You can jump up a couple times. I was probably doing five spots a week, but then like one or two of those spots might have been 15 minute spots in front of so club that's crowds, that's the kicker which is that's, indispensable that's that's totally different yeah yeah actually. that's why it's great well i'm excited because i'll have maybe this is a good chance to pivot because we're or we should we take a break before talking about my oh, my big news well laura has another first i have another first which it's we will talk about now let's talk about now no let's talk about after break because i gotta go to the dentist now? Yeah, man. It's 35 minutes. Yeah, it's, it's up it's in Manhattan. Manhattan. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, man. Okay, we'll fix those pearly chompers. <sighs> Got to. All right. We'll be right back in like one second in podcast world. Bye. Back. And we're back. I think Brooks Whelan, during his half hour special for Comedy Central, I heard he was just doing his jokes, finished one jokes, and just turned straight to the barrel of a camera and goes, and we're back! <laughs> so he could set, because you have to do commercial breaks in there. Because it's, uh, it's cable. How great is that? That's, that's just funny. I wish, God, who, who thinks of that? Brooks, Brooks, Brooks does. We actually know exactly who yes, thought of that. Um, so, I have one thing, uh, upon review of the play. Well, first of all, dentist was fine, thanks for asking. I have three cavities. Do you really? <laughs> I have to go get them filled. I was going to jokingly ask when you walked in and be like, what's the bad news? Because we thought I had cancer yesterday. Oh, yeah. One of, Matt went to the doctor and got a blood test done and the doctor mailed him a letter. I missed my follow-up and they yeah. said, they sent me a letter that says him, it's extremely important you come back in for a visit. And I don't know if that's normal it, for doctors some, to mail you a letter to come back in. They're old, it's such an old school place, dude. It's old Brooklyn. Um, the um, So we were like, uh, we had dev- I mean, devastating news. a really tragic story? Yes, I have low vitamin D and low vitamin B. Wow. How are we going to make it through this? And I have three cavities. You have three. You're going to get them filled? Uh, yeah, so it's like, this doesn't matter. I have two, by the way. Yeah, my I just have really old uh, fillings, and I guess, which really feels like it defeats the point of a filling, but when they get too old, then you can get cavities around the fillings. Because they're old fill. I was like, what? I thought that was the whole thing is that I got this so I didn't have cavity anymore. No, it creates new ones. Job built. It's job creators. Yeah. Old job creators. Maybe they, what did they, what are they made out of? Or like, is like a yeah, dated well, material? Well, that's the other thing is I was like, these were, you know, 15 years or so ago. Yeah. Okay. So you're back. 
I'm back. You're reading emails. I am. Um, I'm. It's funny you can you can hear the dog walking when you hear the podcast playback. He, we are hardwood floors and the doggy dog sit. His little, um, his little as nails. We actually give him little around. tap dancing shoes to walk around he's in. He's doing well. He's going through his lessons. Yeah, he's a little Shirley Temple. Um, One thing I wanted to reiterate. Can I reiterate? Can I do... Sure. Can I re-reiterate? Re-reiterate. Um, the, uh, the one thing I try to remind myself when I'm making decisions uh, is how I turned down... So $500 was a lot to me then. Would have been a lot to have been paid to go do that show on Thanksgiving... Uh, and I lost money to go do guest spots for Bob. Uh, Bob Biggerstaff, who I should thank, was the, the guest spot that led to my Comedy Central showcase. Okay. I was in like, Austin. What? Um, I, I always try to, like, not. I was on let, Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving weekend. Oh. It was a lonely road, man. Where um, Where was it? Cap City. Oh. oh, where was the other one? So you went to. Yeah, where was this, the Thanksgiving weekend? I can't weekend remember, one? but it might have been like. Was that the it, one it, in it was nowhere, equi- Texas? Yeah, it was equivalent to, like, Paris, Texas. So you spent Thanksgiving weekend in the middle of nowhere? No, no. I went to Austin instead. I had no. the option between a paying gig. Am I dumb? What's no, going you're on? just you're just worried about all your cavities. They're rotting your brain. I know. Um, yeah, they are. So to me, it was it was uh, I I have to you know choose between things sometimes in comedy, and I try to like pretend money doesn't exist between the two. Because if I had chosen the, what what seemed like a lot of money to me then, I would have lost a lot of money in that run. And another weird thing looking back is at the moment all of that was Good going instinct. on. Yeah. Don't chase. Don't take the money. The. Uh, I mean, no. Sometimes, sometimes take the money. Sometimes take. But the like, mo- I guess I mean, think it but through don't let it for be like so- long term versus short term gains. Right. It would have been such a short term boost, and that's a laughable gig in retrospect. Like the size and the impact. I mean. Especially the exposure. Yeah. Um, but there's also like a thing to me of looking back, I like in the moment I was like, well, if I hadn't had opportunities, none of this would have happened. This led to this, led to this, led to this, and there's no way. No, I do that I, all And the I was, time. and looking back, it was like, if it hadn't been then, I bet it would have been a year later. I bet I could have, I could have like found another thing. Yeah, but a year is a long time. In the moment, in retrospect, it was nothing. I would have loved to have had another year of that job and, and all those experiences to turn into relatable material. I think keeping a day job as long as you can helps your writing because when you get to a, a comedy club you, in, in like, you know, middle America or in some, you know, medium-sized city, they don't want to hear about how cool your life is of partying and hanging out with the comics. They want to hear what it was like having an office job. Which yeah. I think you're in such a cool position with your your where you live between the world of sales, between the world of tech, former pro athlete. These are all things that would be very yeah, interesting. I have a lot of double lives, quadruple lives, all running in parallel. All running in parallel. We want to talk about your show. Um. Well, no. One last thing, actually, regarding. So I I'm still trying to fathom the concept of in another year from now, doing. Like a cap, even just doing a set at Cap City would be a big deal. Yeah. For me, you know what I mean. So that's not. Is that normal time? What do you, What would you consider kind of like? I mean, I know there's no normal timeline, but a lot of people five to ten years, three but, years in, they're maybe starting to do guest spots at clubs. Three years. Maybe I don't. I don't like to throw it to out, me. but like, if you see someone who's less than a year in and has their shit together at all, it's like you're gonna be a superstar. 
like two, three years in, is like, oh, things should be starting to well, make sense Matthew, a little bit. Judging by how hard I bombed last night, Matt. So real quick, you before didn't bomb we, that hard. oh my god, I'm not gonna say you killed. I mean, but you didn't bomb. A... We god, didn't open my God, god last bless him. I didn't get to go up. I had to leave, but I know they didn't put him up first. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Usually, whenever we go, they're like, "Oh, Matt's gonna have to get out of here," so like put him up. And I'm like, "He's got plenty of time. Yeah, he's here with me." It was a room, it was a captive crowd of comics, but they a captive actually, room. I really liked it. Like good even space, a lot of comics. Despite one of those, it was one of those sets where I sat down and I was like, "Can I disappear? That'd be cool if you know I have an invisibility cloak and I just mm-hmm. throw it over myself and I'm just gone." That would have been the moment for that. Um, but didn't happen. I And also, it was my fault. Like, the crowd was fine. It was my fault. I was just... You were scattered. I was all over the place. I was hungry, which really impacts... I'm, I'm very stomach-driven. I'm a stomach-driven lady. I think the thing that killed you was there was another girl on the showcase who reminded you of yourself probably a little bit. I completely disagree. No? Did not at all. Definitely disagree. That was, was just part just of another, She was a woman and she was a white girl, so that was that was the one thing. Well, Matthew clearly was, was thinking this, but... I mean, very different lives. I could I could say her life story was is, uh, was polar opposite. Of she you. was she was also an established comedian. She was great. Um, no, I think what was what really threw me was the fact that it was a. I've been doing a lot of Manhattan mics, and this was kind of a deep Brooklyn mic, and I have some jokes, and I was like, I don't. I mean, these jokes, I don't know if they're gonna like them. And I had that in my head as I walked up there. Well, and if that's in your head, then they're definitely not going right. to. Right? Yeah, it's t- it's pretty tough to sell sell something when you're like all of a sudden second guessing. I was just intimidated by the crowd. Um, but it was really nice afterwards. The lady who was running it was like really kind to me because I think she could tell I was not, not feeling myself. It was one of those moments where afterwards I was like, maybe I should quit. And you know, no, you spend 15 really? minutes. Oh yeah. I was pissed. You spend like 15 minutes and you're like, yeah, I'm, maybe I'm done. And then I was like, I have a lot of commitments coming out because I don't quit. Also, I mean, the the next time, yeah, it's, I'm assuming it's, I had so many bad practices where I'd get out and I'd be like, well, swimming's been fun. I guess I'm going to go home and um, burn my suits and, uh, you know, start applying for jobs. I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) But then you you get up the next day and you go. But opening joke was so good, though. You had like a riff on the, because I was sitting there thinking I might go up and like, looking for anything around the room that I could have made a joke out of. And your opening line was so well, much that was, better than that was, uh, that was a swift up and then straight down. Yeah, but that was such a great... I was, and it was also, I had that situation where the guy, he didn't light me. Instead, he waved light at me, which is what have you been doing to get other people who had been running light off. But I hadn't got the light yet. And I was timing, like I was recording my set. So I know I didn't, and I ended up getting off early. Yeah. So it really fucked with me. Way yeah. more than I was like, shit. I'm not a professional. That's for darn sure. Like that still happens to me when I I have a decent I have good sense of of, of yeah. time on stage. So if I don't get the light when I think I should be getting it, I'm always like, what's going on? Uh oh. And my brain then my brain is a little. Yeah, but every now and then, uh, like a headliner set, they'll ask me to stretch. And the other, uh, I got off early uh, uh, like a couple but, weeks ago because they didn't tell me to, I didn't see the light. But I'm like, I told them I'd be off by nine oh five. I was like. If I don't see the light, I'm going to be out of, off stage by 9 to 5 because I know you have a 10 o'clock show. And they're like, good. And I get off at 9.04. And they're like, yeah, we need to do the stretch. I'm like, you got you to indicate that to me. There's luckily a universal gesture for that. And uh, What's the universal gesture? It's like you're pulling a thread long. Oh, That's it. You love like little hand signals. 
I mean, you got to have it. I've seen. I, I, yeah, you know, no, it makes sense. Well, instead, and I mean, all these checks got to clear, so I got to keep talking for ten minutes. Yeah, well, that's the that's like the professionalism that comes yeah. with you know. Obviously, I mean, totally makes sense. Uh, but in this case, I was almost honestly mad at myself for this is such a simple change. This guy shook the light instead of shining it, and completely lost all my steam as a result. I was like, what is I watched you look at it and then look at the crowd and process it for a second. I was like, because uh, I was like, am I, first of all, there's a couple scenarios I'm running in my brain. Did I miss a light? And then I was like, no, because I know where I am in my jokes. Like, I can't have gone that much over. You mm-hmm. know, that doesn't make sense. Then number two, am I bombing so hard that he's waving <laughs> me off at a mic? <laughs> And apparently that That's was not the case. True comedy paranoia right there. I yeah. Yeah, you have to bump... Ro- I mean, it was... An, an open mic? Yeah, if yeah, you're not you, doing straight-up hate speech. If it, Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, does this guy just really not... He's not liking my jokes. I, I, I don't think... <laughs> I think he had, had just had an experience that was on par with your level of rejection. So maybe Yeah, well, whatever. Anyway, that. we've talked about this. But I guess this is part of the deal, right? Like, this is a... I like hearing about open mics. It's a very real... Yeah, we just talked about Matt's big break at Cap City Comedy Club in Austin. And Laura got waved off at an open mic in Brooklyn. Um, but they were really nice. And I had a... I'm, I'm going to go back because I'm not going to... I'm not going to let that room have the last say in this... Well, it was, it was a weird room. I was sitting there, I'm like, why is this so good? Why does everyone get five minutes? Why is the crowd so, like, there's no noise spilling in. Every, there's, like, 20, 30 people in a room that sits 40. Like, why yeah. is it so good? And then I realized they have, like, developmental spots, and then they have a head, like, and then they have, like, they had a major spot. a 15-minute set, which... So it was, it was 40 God minutes in before was, they started pulling yeah. names? Thank God she was really good, though. Like, She's I very good. Really, Jordan, I forget her last name. Uh, Jensen. Jordan Jensen. Yeah, yeah, She's, it was not I was, Jensen. I was, I'd, I'd seen her, I judged her in a roast battle and she was really good. It was a really good roast battle. She was uh, beating the shit out of this guy. Um, so in the second round, he revealed that they're hooking up. <laughs> and was ha. giving jokes about how she gives good blowjobs. <laughs> ha. She handled it well. Still won. But it was I, cool she, seeing her stand she up. Was, she was very good, yeah. So it was actually really enjoyable. I like, you know. And it was a longer set, too. It was 15 minutes. Yeah. Which could be crazy in an open mic scenario. <laughs> but she's someone, I don't think she's passed it in any clubs. Like, Which is insane to like me. It's, it's not competitive. It takes a long time to uh, build your way up in New York. God, I quit. I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm like reliving now last night, and I was like, I don't like this feeling at all. Which yeah. is normal. I'd be a psychopath. Well, I performed for 26 Jewish teenagers last night. <laughs> yeah, you went to East. They were great. That's, that's, they your, were so that's fun. like the perfect demographic for Yeah, you. I just did all Jewish jokes. And then, like... In the corner, there were like seven people who were adults not associated with the group to the right. <laughs> How so weird every did they feel, by the way? Every reference I had that I knew would, would miss on the high schoolers, I tossed that way. That's so funny. Um, your first time okay, shows. So, you started yeah. producing a show, which is something I've never done. I know. And by started, I mean I'm in the early stages. Like it's Weekly? It's going, well, it's going to be. This is all. I have, what's the date? The 5th? Starts, I think it's on the 15th. So it's a Tuesday? Because of scheduling. It's going to be Tuesdays. Um, mostly because that was the night they have like reggaeton night. <laughs> Another yeah. night. They're like, you cannot mess with reggaeton night. And I was like, that's fair. Don't knock reggaeton then. They get a big crowd they for do. reggaeton They night. do. We're in that part of Brooklyn. Yeah, well, that's... Well, people we bring were in that part of Yeah. <laughs> 
<gasps> That's part of the reason they're bringing me in. No, anyway, um, uh, yeah, I'm starting a show. I have been wanting to do that. I'm starting it with one of my friends, Katie McGee. And McGee. And I spent, um, I'm an obsessive person, so she's had to deal with me sending, I think, probably about 50 texts of different drafts of the poster that I've been trying to put together. Turns out that's also harder than it looks. Like acting, graphic design, not, not just like you know, a walk in the park. No, you got to know like styles. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, As the 2006 yearbook editor for Love It oh, High School. What? You didn't tell me you had background in graphic I, design. In design, yeah. Anyway, so that's what I've been um, doing. So it was interesting though because it was harder than I anticipated to find a venue because I've been wanting to produce a show for a little while now, and I went and. Um, I didn't really want to do, I wanted to do kind of like a bar restaurant show just because this will be my first time producing and hosting and stuff like that. I've hosted mics, but I'm assuming this will be, you know, a bigger ordeal. And I want, yeah. yeah, And I also wanted to make sure it was a small enough space that we didn't have to worry about like packing it out, you know, Mm -hmm. with like a big room every time, just as I continue to get better, you know, like low risk, low reward. (laughs) That's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, it's a really good location. Oh, so at first, I went about and found a bunch of different places and that looked like they'd have a good space. I'll be. It's okay, bud. And messaged them or went and talked to the owners. And um, interesting. It, it's, I think that it's New York City. So they're all like getting hit up for a lot of different things. Uh, Center for Fiction, not not down for non-literature events. Yeah, they're like it has to be it has to be fiction based. I'm like, do you think? Yeah. How much? You think I don't make up half this shit? They were. We got shot down by a lot of bookstores. Bookstores, not not well, trying to choose comedy shows. They're, they're, they're Luddites. That's their whole thing of being like, we've been thoroughly put out of business. We're we're the commerce equivalent of a typewriter. You're coming in because you want something antiquated. You want an antiquated experience. So we're not going to. To muddy it up with anything newfangled whatsoever. We're not going to sell video. There's video games at the library now. I know. Like, Barnes & Noble's basically a coffee shop. They're like, no, we want to sell books and nothing else. So I kind of get where they're coming from, but fuck them. It would have been such a good venue. Oh, the I back know. room. Kill me. Where like, they sell coffee and liquor. Yeah, what? they have a wine bar. It, I don't I don't want to give them good... You know what? Fuck Center for Fiction. Fuck, yeah, no. Yeah. And that other bookstore, too. I was walking right, back Abby? with Aparna Nancherla, who's a brilliant comedian, and uh, she, she's, yeah, she's, she's so, so good. good. We, were, we, were, we, were, we were doing a show next door to it, and we walked past it. She goes, I'm going to go check that out. No! And, and she walked in, Fox and I think she's still there. Yeah, she's yeah. still she's <laughs> she's there She's the most now. bookish person. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest, that's the reason I wanted to, you know. Yeah. I, I was like, this is, this is pretty dope. And now they're the other bookstore in Dumbo. You yeah, know. Anyway, uh, but whatever, 33 Lafayette, they are, they're cool with us. We met the owner, he was really nice. Uh, we talked to him while they were trying to get him signed up for Seamless. This poor girl from Seamless was there. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, can we sign your restaurant yeah. up? And he he's like, yeah, 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 people. I gotta handle this comedy show first. Yeah. Three <laughs> we were people. like, this poor girl, it's literally 7 p.m., like, she, <laughs> she's trying to go home. <laughs> She, this is her job. Like, I know. She, if anything, had the highest priority of like, how can I, I monetize your and business? I, and we're like, how can we tell jokes? I'm gonna, I'm gonna come here for like an hour and a half or so. And uh, Laura, what's the name of the show? Um, Bold Wink, because it is right next to this cool bike rack. Um, slash mural. Slash mural. That is uh, the bike rack. Like the racks spell out Bold Wink, so it's the perfect little picture spot. Made um, by. Um, uh, David 
David Burns. Yeah. The lead, lead singer of Talking Heads. Heads. Random. Wow, what a polymath. Wow. That's... Bike rack designer and musical innovator. Also, large suit aficionado. There you go. Um, yeah, Reference so that's just lost Yeah, on I you. don't even know. Um, so what I'm going to do is, um, Katie and I are working on the poster right now. We'll probably start booking it next week. So I get to make a list of everybody I know in comedy and then just rank them. Yeah. Um, so that's like my burn book, basically. You'll make enemies. That's the interesting part about being Fuck a booker. Yeah. A lot of bookers make enemies. The high, the better the show, the more enemies you make. Cool. This yeah. sounds intriguing. Club bookers. There, there's a there's a podcast called The Gatekeepers. It's by uh, Jamie Flam, and he he booked the Improv for many years. Really? Yeah. Uh, and now books uh, Dynasty Typewriter. But had uh, Adam Egit, who is the the booker at the Comedy Store. It was a cool episode. But he it's it's specifically people who are like create those you know yeah. like book JFL. So it's so and they talk about like. There's just mad shit people talk about them. I bet. Well, you have hurt feelings. Yeah, yeah it does. I get it. It's a lot of bruised a, egos. And a stuff weekly like show, that. you should be able to get most people on. I mean, it, yeah, it's also the nice part is that like uh, we live nearby. It's in a really well, like a lot of foot traffic in the area. Yeah. So I don't think it'll be terrible. I mean, maybe prove. Who knows? Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe it'll like. But I think it'll be easy enough to get folks to come. But you wanna you wanna book more of your friend group. Not people from kind of like you don't want to be like plucking off seller comics I, as much, or I mean, like one or two spots. But like, I think what I what the goal that we discussed was having a, a variety of you know skill, level. skill levels and all everyone like talented, but just I guess like time timelines, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously, you're you're I Matthew has not committed to this, but I'm now committing him, he will be on the show. You yeah. know, let me check my calendar. You're you're gonna be available. <laughs> Well, there's a weird thing of um, you, you want to book good comics, but good comics can't do as much for you. I wanted to start a show called the Just to Get Booked on Other People's Shows show. Because so much of, of running a show is the politicking and the back and forth of trading stage time for stage time. So invariably, you will book people because they're bookers. There are people whose entire right. comedy booking in L.A. or in New York is because they book good shows. Well, and I guess you're, like, contributing to the community as a whole. It's another, you know, I, hopefully the show ends up being good. I think the location's really prime just because of, you know... It's the, good space. We'll see. The, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know what goes to, into making a show. All I, I mean, know is the ability to book a show and the ability to comedy within, aren't like, necessarily the same. Three high-rises within, like, point two, yeah. point one yeah. of this restaurant. It, it, here's the thing. It happened. Yeah, you're right. We can we can draw from all the high-rises. Yeah. But there's, there's I, what I think is funny is sometimes comics who aren't necessarily that good like strike gold and are just brilliant showrunners and yeah. create like multiple white hot shows there you go. and there's some great comics who try to run shows and then no one shows up okay well we got a dog begging this us dog I, uh, can you hear him whining like what is your deal i think he needs to go out we gotta take the dog out pee pad? did he pee no he, no no pee pad he's wow just... he's really held it today I wonder how bad it has to be for a dog to pee indoors. Like, how much... Is it, like, up until the last possible second? The second I'll... If I go and leave and, like, go to the club level or something, or, like, you know, Mm -hmm. leave for a little bit, he will go... This does not need to be part of this. I love this. Keep this. But he... Okay. Uh, But then he'll go right away. It's like our presence prevents him from peeing. Now he's drinking water. Really he's, make it worth it. All right, he's prepping. We gotta, we gotta take him out. Well, we gotta let this dog pee. 
Um, any other first? Anything's coming up? Oh, you put a clip online. Oh, let's talk about that. We can talk about that because you leave soon, so we should probably tape another episode before you leave. So we'll talk about that then. Yeah. Okay. You can hear. You can it hear like that? a waterfall. Okay. All right. Bye. 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 And just a reminder, I'm going to be at Zany's Chicago, March 18th through the 21st. And I'm also, I just added uh, Syracuse Funny Bone, April 17th through 19th. So make sure to check out uh, tickets for those.